0: You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message.
1: Psalm chapter number 55, if we could, let's read verse number 1 through verse number 14 together. Again, if we could read verse 1 through verse 14 Uh, Together. Uh, Psalm 55. If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not, say oh me. (laughs) All right. Psalm 55 and verse number one. Ready? Begin. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy. Because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in my wrath they hate me. My heart is sore pain within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. Lo, then would I wander far off and remain in the wilderness, Selah. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. Destroy, O Lord, and divide their tongues. For I have seen violence and strife in the city. Day and night they go about it upon the walls thereof. Mischief also and sorrow are in the midst of it. Wickedness is in the midst thereof. Deceit and guile depart not from her streets. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then I could have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou a man mine equal, my guide, and mine acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. And let's
0: pray and ask the Lord to bless us now in these few moments as we look at uh, this psalm and see what God has for us tonight. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the wonderful service and the privilege it's been to be in your house to sing your praises. May we never, ever take these days for granted. I think tonight of many of our shut-ins who are home watching the service or listening to the service, uh, who would truly do anything uh, just to trade places with us tonight, to be in this house, uh, to be with God's people, to get to hear the singing, to get to hear the piano and the organ and hear the guitars and to hear the voices. And I understand, Lord, that they can hear some of that online. And I understand by way of radio that some of the music uh, is, is broadcast But Lord, there truly is nothing like being in this place. And it is your plan for God's people that we be called out of this world, that we assemble together to worship you and to uh, serve you. And I pray that you'd help us tonight to receive what you have for us. Uh, Bless us this week and the uh, events of this week. I think of our uh, ladies' meeting. I think of our Bible study on Wednesday, our soul winning and outreach this week, and our Teen Spectacular coming up the following week. Lord, there's so much... Uh, that is in store for us. But right now, we pray that we would hear from you. And I pray that our attention would be upon the word of God and what you have to say to us at this time. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Verse number one, uh, we see that David is praying to God. It says, Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself. From my supplication. Number one, I see in this passage that David is desiring that God would hear him. When you're talking to somebody, don't you like it when they hear what you're saying? Don't you like it when you get done with the conversation and they don't say, "Um, What was that? Could you say that again? Or even worse, they don't say anything, they just walk away as if what you said didn't matter to them. And David is praying, and that's what Christians do. Christians pray. Uh, Christians ought to pray. Nobody should have to twist your arm and say, all right, you need to pray this week. No, prayer ought to be natural for the child of God. And when we pray, we don't just pray just to go through the motions and say, okay, I'll check it off my list today. I prayed today. You know why we pray? Because we want God to hear us, right? Right? We want God to answer. We want God to intervene. We want God to do something that only He can do. That's why we pray, and that's why David is praying. Psalm 55, it's a psalm written to the chief musician on Neganoth. That was a stringed instrument. It's a psalm of masculine. It's a psalm of instruction. And we see, number one, David desired that God would hear his prayer. God wants us to pray, and we want God to hear us when we pray. Number two, we see not only the hearing, but number two, we see the hiding. Now, this verse does not say that God hides from us, but it does say that that was David's fear. He feared that he would pray, and when he prayed, God would hide himself from David. Let me explain what I mean by this. Now, you're probably not like this, and some of you are not like this. But if you're in Raleigh, uh, I don't see this a lot in Roanoke Rapids, but I'm sure it does happen. But if you're in Raleigh and you pull up or you're coming up on a, an intersection, there's a stoplight, and you see somebody that's got a sign standing on the side of the road That says, you know, give me money or I'm hungry or need some help or whatever. You may, just your personality, you may pull right up there. You may roll your window down. You may be handing over the cash. You may be striking up a conversation. I don't usually do that. You know what I do? I go to the other lane. Or I hang back a little bit because what what am I doing? I'm I'm hiding myself from that. You say, Pastor, don't you care about people? I do. And it's amazing that I've just driven by 10 signs that say help wanted, now hiring, uh, places where you can get a job. And so so I don't think that help is what they need as much as a handout is what they need. And I know every situation is different. That's my take on it. But what I do is I I almost try to avoid that situation. Now, I know you don't all do that. Brother Dan has a great story he tells where he went all the way back to the grocery store. He bought a sandwich for somebody like that. And I mean, it's really an awesome story. I won't steal it. But needless to say, I don't do that. I, I avoid the situation. Here's what David was saying. He said, God, I need help. And God, I'm not just needing a handout. I'm needing help. I'm needing help from you. And my prayer is, God, would you please help me? And God, please don't avoid me. God, don't hide your face from me. Uh, Don't don't look the other way when when I come by God. I need you. And he says in verse 1, hide not thyself from my supplication. Isaiah 59, if you hold your place in Psalm 55 and turn with me, please, to Isaiah 59. He said, Pastor, I feel like sometimes God is hiding from me. I feel like sometimes God does not hear my prayer. Well, notice what it says in Isaiah 59, verse 1. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. Verse 2, but your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. If you ever feel like God is hiding himself or if you ever feel like God is not noticing or God is not listening, the problem is not on God's part. The problem is on our part. It is our sin that separates us from God. And it is our sin that keeps us from getting our prayers answered. Maybe you here tonight and you say, I've got a prayer. I've been praying and praying and praying and I can't get an answer. Well, I, one thing I would do is I would examine myself. And I would say, is there something in my life that would keep me or that would hinder me from getting an answer from God? Because unconfessed sin always hinders prayer. And so David said, Lord, don't hide yourself from me. I need you. I've got to have an answer from you. Jesus on the cross. Jesus felt this pain and he felt this agony because he cried out and he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, of course, God the Father loved the Son and God the Father would not not do anything to hurt the Son. We understand that, I think, with the Trinity and all of that. But here's what I'm saying is that when Jesus had the sin of the world, On him, and he was bearing our sins in his own body on the tree. When Jesus had that sin, he felt as if the Father was hiding his face or turning his face from the Son, from Jesus. David felt like this in Psalm 55. He felt like he'd been abandoned by God. Verse 2, he says, Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise. Now, that's almost humorous. David says, I'm just making noise down here. You say, what in the world? Is he being silly? Oh, no, he's being serious. The Bible talks about this very thing in the book of Romans. It says that when we pray and our prayers are groanings that cannot be uttered. Have you ever ever been hurting so bad that you couldn't speak? I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about emotionally. Have you ever been so crushed that you didn't even know what to say? Have you ever been in so much pain or so much suffering that literally it was just, uh, it was a groan. It was just, you didn't know what to say. Well, David's prayer was like that. He said, God, I just, I feel like I, uh, I don't know what to say. And if you've never been there, I thank the Lord for that. But one of these days, you will be there You'll be there where you'll get the phone call or you'll get the knock on your door with some news that'll take the wind out of you. That will bring you to your knees. That's where David was. We'll get into this probably next week a little bit more. But you say, well, what's going on in this psalm? Well, in this psalm, David is running for his life. He has been betrayed by his own son, Absalom. He's been betrayed by his closest advisor, Ahithophel. And David is on the run, literally running from the kingdom, running for his life. And David is being hunted like an animal. David's life is in danger. And David's fear, his greatest fear was not for his life. His greatest fear and his greatest pain was the betrayal he felt from his own son, from his own friend. And we'll look at that more next uh, Sunday night, Lord willing. But we see in verse number uh, three, because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked. And by the way, that is what Absalom was. He was wicked. He was a rebel. He turned on his father. He stole the hearts of the people. He tried to kill his own dad. He tried to steal the kingdom from him. And David said, they cast iniquity upon me and in wrath... They hate me. Number three, the word is hatred. It's found in verse number three. David was making a noise of prayer, but meanwhile, the enemy was making a lot of noise also. The enemy was very loud. They had a voice. It seemed like nobody was hearing David, but it seemed like everybody was hearing Absalom and his men. David felt all alone. David felt that the enemy was using their voice to mock him. Jesus on the cross endured the mockings and the words of ridicule from his persecutors. I want to say today that you may have some enemies that get loud. And by the way, the devil gets loud sometimes. Have you ever noticed that? That old devil, he likes to intimidate, he likes to make a lot of noise, and he likes to try to get in your face. But I want to remind you that that old devil, that's all he is, is a bunch of noise. Oh, he's a roaring lion. But his power is limited. And one of these days, his power is going to be cut off. And one of these days, he's going to be cast into a lake of fire. So although the devil's making a lot of noise, let me tell you how God's going to speak. God's going to speak to you like he spoke to Elijah. Not in the the thunder and not in the storm and not in the whirlwind and not in the earthquake. But God will speak to you in the still, small voice. Don't worry about all the noise. Don't let all the noise frustrate you. Don't let all the noise get your attention. You keep your ears tuned in to the voice of God and let God speak to you in your moment of fear. David's enemies were on the loose. They were on the attack. David felt crushed by his enemies. They hated him. They were angry at David. They were furious towards David. We see their hatred. Number four, or number four, we see in verse four, my heart is sore pained within me and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Literally, David is saying that he was writhing in pain and agony. David felt like he was going to die. Now, I will say he truly did have people out to try to kill him and to, to take his physical life But I think also David is talking about emotionally here. I think David has felt like he's already died. I think he feels like he's already gone through uh, the, the, the valley of the shadow of death and that he suffered that betrayal. Jesus on the cross knew what that kind of agony was like and Jesus on the cross knew what it was to be mocked and to be beaten and to be persecuted and to be spat upon and to be ridiculed. Can I tell you, David was experiencing the terrors, the horrors of death. Now, I'll I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't know that I've ever felt like I was dying. Some of you have. Some of you are walking miracles. Some of you have been on death's door. Now, I have had a cold before. and You know, for most men, when they have a cold, they think they're going to die. But I'm not talking about that. But here's what I'm talking about. David felt like death was knocking on the door. Have you ever felt like that? Most of the time, we do not even consider death or the possibility of dying. However, as David is running for his life, he knows that Absalom is sending an army out for one purpose, and that one purpose is to kill King David. He's overtaken with fear and dread. Notice verse 5. We see number five, the horror that David experienced. He says, fearfulness and trembling are come upon me and horror hath overwhelmed me. Now, we've looked at this word overwhelmed before in the study of the Psalms, but the word overwhelmed here, it literally means to be covered, like you would be covered with a blanket. But David says, I'm not covered with a blanket. I am covered by fear. I am covered by dread. I'm covered by anguish. And I feel like that blanket is over the top of my head. David felt like he was going to suffocate. He felt like there was no way out. He was overwhelmed with sorrow and with fear. Horror had taken hold. So notice what David's response is in verse 6 to all of this. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. And by the way, lest we are judgmental of David, we've probably all been there at some point where we said, the best thing I could do is just get out of here. The best thing I could do is run as far away from this problem and never come back. And David was there. He said, oh, that I had wings like a dove. For then would I fly away and be at rest. Number six, David said, I needed a haven. I needed an escape. David had a dream that he could fly away and there'd be no problems and no burdens and nothing could find him and nothing could hurt him. He was seeking rest. Then we see in verse number seven, not only did David want a haven, but number seven, David wanted a hideout. It says, lo, then would I wander far off and, what's the next word? Remain. He said, I'd get as far away as I could and I would not come back. I would stay there. I would not ever come back here. He needed a hideout. He needed a place where he could get away from the the noise of Jerusalem and the noise of the rebellion and the revolution that had taken place. He said, I'd rather abide in the wilderness so at least I could have rest. You and I often go through wilderness experiences in life, but I want to remind us that God never intended for you to stay in the wilderness. You might pass through the wilderness and you might go through the wilderness for a little while, but God never intends for his people to stay in the wilderness. Verse number eight, David says, I would hasten. That word hasten, he says, I would hurry. Number eight, the word is hurry. He said, I would hurry my escape from the windy storm and the tempest. He said, I would not only escape, but I would take the first bus and the first train out of town. I would be gone as quickly as I could go. Now, here's the problem. The problem is, is that David's focus is all On the enemy. His focus is on the storm. His focus is on the problems of life and the difficulties of life. I want you to see a picture. Do you guys have, can you show the first picture of the dove? You got that picture up there? Yeah, that first one I don't think was a dove. (laughs) But that looks like a dove. And by the way, you know, a dove in the Bible is a wonderful creature. The Bible says that when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit of God descended from heaven like a dove. Nothing wrong with a dove. The Bible tells us as Christians that we are to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Doves are a symbol of peace. They're a symbol of unity. Nothing wrong with a dove. But David says, if I could have wings like a dove, I would leave. I would run and I would escape. But here's the problem. Where's God in all of that? It's almost as if David has forgotten about God. It's almost as if David has tried to handle his problems by himself. And he says, here's my answer. I'm out of here. See you later. I'm I'm going. Don't don't be looking for me anytime soon because I'm not coming back. And friend, I want to tell you tonight, that's the way a lot of people deal with problems. But here's the issue. When you run from problems, the problems don't get better. They get worse. The problems don't go away because you leave and guess what you find at the next place? There's problems there too. You say, Well, I'm, I'm having struggles in this job, and, and I don't, I'm not thinking of anybody in here. So if you're having struggles with your job, I'm not talking about you. And maybe it is time to move on to another job or what? Nothing wrong with that. But can I tell you, if all you ever do in life is run from problems, there'll always be problems. If all you ever do is escape and you don't deal with it, then it won't get better, it'll get worse. So here's the answer. Would you notice with me, verse 22, and I know I'm skipping a lot because next week, Lord willing, I'll cover some of this section between verse uh, eight and verse 22. But verse 22, David has a shift in his attitude. He goes on in these verses in between and he starts talking about those that betrayed him and his friends that turned on him and he just goes on and on. He is having a first class pity party. You ever had one of those? You know what? Those pity parties, they're kind of fun for a while. As a matter of fact, you don't have to have anybody else come. Just be you, yourself, and you, right? It's all it takes, and you can have a good time, but it doesn't help anything. And David has had a pity party, but verse 22, he has a shift in his focus, and he says, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So here's your choice tonight. You can escape and I can escape for now. And then there'll be another problem. There'll be another issue. There'll be another thing or person that'll come up that you'll have to deal with. You can run. You can be like that dove that flew off the screen and is no longer there. You can be like that dove if you want to. You can say with David, David, count me in. I'm out of here. I'm escaping. Or you can do what God has told us to do and you can wait on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31, if you know the verse, can you quote it with me? But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall run and not faint. So here's your choice. You can be like this dove or could you show us the next picture there? You could be like this eagle. Can I tell you what the eagle is known for? The eagle is known for strength. The eagle is known for power. Exodus 19, 4. Here's what God said to his people. He said, "Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. Now, the dove is is the picture of escape, but the eagle is the picture of victory. The eagle is the picture of staying and fighting and trusting God for the answer. David's, David's life was a mess. He said, God, I just want to get out of here. But in reality, he didn't need to get out of the problem. He just needed to get closer to God. You see, eagles' wings speak of deliverance. Eagles' wings speak of great power. Eagles rise above the problems rather than running to or running from the problems. The Bible says in 2 Samuel, in describing the relationship of David and Jonathan, the Bible says those two in their lives, they were swifter than eagles. They were stronger than lions. You see, there are times When it's time to stand, it's time to fight, and it's time to overcome. And we'll see next week in this psalm, we'll see how that God's plan was not for David to be removed from the kingdom. God wasn't done with David. God had a plan for David. But had David ran from the problem and had David given up, the kingdom would not have been the same. God's plan would not have been fulfilled in David. And I want to say to you, if you run, if you quit, if you throw throw in the towel and you give up on God, if you take the dove's wings and you escape out of here and you get away from God, God's plan will not be fulfilled in you. But if you and I will get the wings of an eagle, we can see our strength renewed. We can run and not be weary. And we can walk and not faint.